that technical trap submission. You're listening to the Planning, Environment and Property podcast, brought to you by the members of 39 Essex Chambers. I'm John Pugh-Smith, Planning Barrister, Arbitrator and Neutral Dispute Resolver. It's in these latter two roles that I'm providing this episode, having been faced with referrals to determine the interpretation of Section 106 agreements, either as an arbitrator or independent expert. Sadly, all too often, I've had to find against a council that what, in effect, is a hastily settled planning obligation hasn't enshrined intention or the outworking that they now lay claim to. And it's all too often, I cannot interpret that type of deed by adding missing words or implying a term. Now, the argument that has been presented to me has run along these lines. Given the public nature of Section 106 obligations, the fact that they run with the land and that they are often intended to secure mitigations for the impact of development, which are necessary to make that development acceptable, surely it was appropriate and apposite for the document to be construed by reference only to the contracting party's intentions and according to the facts and circumstances at the time of the contract. Indeed, it had even been submitted to me last year that following the approach adopted by the Supreme Court in the Lambeth case with regard to implied planning conditions, that the same approach should be taken. So when I learned that such issues were going to be openly debated in the High Court, I took a particular interest, uh, not only because of the point in question, but also because it involved uh, my local planning authority, North Norfolk District Council. Now, the debate concerned the wording of a Section 106 agreement and the way it continued to apply or did not apply to subsequent variations of that original consent uh, through Section 73 variations. What had happened was that initially, North Norfolk had granted planning permission, uh, which included a requirement for 45% affordable housing, together with a number of financial contributions. Norfolk Homes had then um, applied and been granted uh, two Section 73 permissions varying two of the conditions on the original consent. The grant of the two permissions uh, in question uh, hadn't been made contingent upon the prior execution of any further Section 106 obligations. So as a result, Norfolk Homes applied initially for a lawful development certificate that um, the permission, original permission could be implemented without triggering landowners' obligations under the agreement. But following um, that uh, refusal, um, the matter proceeded to the High Court by way of declaratory proceedings. That, in effect, the land in question was free of any planning obligation to provide affordable housing, and also uh, that uh, North Norfolk should remove any reference to the agreement from their local land charges register. Now, in early March of this year, the case came initially before Mrs Justice Thornton on an application for summary judgment. And whilst perhaps, in hindsight, a bold approach to take, nonetheless, uh, Mrs Justice Thornton took the view that the application should be dismissed because North Norfolk had sufficiently arguable submissions based around the Lambeth case 
to warrant a full hearing. Subsequently, and following a substantive hearing, we now have a final judgment uh, from Mr Justice Holgate. Finding conclusively in favour of Norfolk Holmes, he roundly rejected uh, the points that were made by uh, North Norfolk Council in terms that provide both reassurance, but perhaps disappointment, not only to that local authority, but to a number of others. When one looks at Mr Justice Holgate's judgment, uh, there is a reminder, and a helpful one too, that the golden rules of construction, uh, forged over 20 years of consideration by the House of Lords and then the Supreme Court, and articulated most recently in cases such as Arnold and Britain and Wood and Capita Insurance, still hold good. The judge also cites the Hitchings case against Worcester County Council that essentially the same principles as apply to deeds, also apply to Section 106 obligations, be they bilateral or unilateral. Turning specifically to the technical traps argument, as it was uh, so labelled that it indeed appealed to Mrs Justice Thornton as one of the District Council's seven arguable points, Mr Justice Holgate, in somewhat trenchant terms, reminded that that was um, a notion that actually had not played any part in the reasoning of the Supreme Court. And he was of the clear view that uh, the Supreme Court hadn't suggested that planning documents should be interpreted so as to avoid or overcome the possible effects of a planning authority falling into some supposed trap. He also, um, in any event, um, didn't accept that uh, a Section 73 variation created a technical trap for planning authorities because the plain language of the legislation made clear that it was a fresh permission and, as a result, uh, a fresh planning obligation or one that certainly ensured that previous obligations were carried forward uh, should form part of that overall um, consent process. Turning to the second issue, whether additional words should be implied into the agreement, Mr Justice Holgate noted that unlike in the Trump case in the Supreme Court, uh, the incident one concerned a Section 106 obligation rather than conditions in a permission, but that because a breach of a Section 106 obligation could give rise to injunctive relief and indeed criminal sanctions for any contempt of, a of court, it was inappropriate for such an approach to be taken. Furthermore, as a Section 106 obligation runs with the land and may affect the interests of parties who were not originally involved many years later, as well as the general public and other public authorities and agencies, it was inappropriate for such an approach to be taken. So there we have it. Certainty at last. And let's hope, even in this current uncertain time that at least uh, sufficient time and resources can be expended to ensuring that Section 106 obligations do contain everything that needs to be included and that such disputes don't have to be resolved by people like myself. Thanks for listening. At 39 Essex Chambers we cover a vast array of practice areas and sectors. You can find out more about our expertise and our barristers at 39essex.com, where you can also see our extensive catalogue of articles, podcasts and webinars.